0: Oh hi again. I'm back. I think it's been a couple of weeks since I last did a recording. I've had some developments unfolding in my own path in regards to where things are headed for me. And as always, it's a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> not it's it's not bad. It's not a it's not a it's not a massive challenge. Like it's been in the past, I've reached a point where my discipline of surrender, it's a practice, a daily discipline of surrender and trust is solid enough that when developments start to unfold more, I'm not really spun out as much. But it's still uncomfortable. And what's been developing, um, it makes sense. It makes sense in several meaningful ways. So it's not totally left field, but, um, this is, this is kind of how spirit can work, uh, on, on a path like this. We, it'll make sense in really beautiful ways in really deep, meaningful ways that as you're going along, you're thinking, you're like you're a human being. Right We're human, so we're always trying to find patterns and proof and connections <coughs> excuse me, and we're like we're meaning making animals, and you can't just expect that to to fall away to to bypass that, so as I've been going along, and this is the case for anyone on a path like this, or really any path of following any calling um you'll have, like, these ideas of how things are going to unfold. And even if you have loosened your grip on what you think is going to unfold, there's still some expectation there and, like, some need to connect the dots and figure things out mentally. Completely normal, and it can't be bypassed. But over time, it really... (laughs) The sense of humor and humility that strengthens on this path is stunning sometimes because you're just not going to figure it out. You're just not. There, there are, are connections and threads being woven and synchronicities and th- there's no way <laughs> that you're going to know. You can have an idea of, I guess, an end point, although there's no such thing no such thing. There's no destination. There's no goal. Um, but yeah, it's the unlearning process of letting go of destinations and goals. And we're conditioned from birth to be goal-oriented and destination-focused and action-oriented, all these things. And as I've said many times before, that absolutely has a place. It's just an imbalanced thing for pretty much all of us. And it's an unlearning process. Unlearning. Unlearning let go of the mind let go of the thinking that doesn't mean bypass it that doesn't mean neglect it that doesn't mean deny it that just means it's an imbalanced thing that we're overly reliant on and on this path the mind can really only go so far in in being helpful and then at a certain point it can just get really neurotic and tangled and painful and you just get in your own way is what it comes down to it's really simple really practical there's nothing magical about it just get in your own way but when you're loose and you're more relaxed and you're in the flow in your whole body not just your, your thinking mind um things can unfold more easily and with more flow but it's always going to be a surprise it's always going to knock you off your center a little bit even after i i know healers who have been doing this work for decades and decades and they'll still be like <laughs> holy shit, (laughs) where did this come from? Never in a million years would I have expected this development with ancestors, elevated ancestors. And I'll tell you what, I think I've said this before, but it bears repeating. If someone is in a relationship, uh, an, an open, living, breathing, reciprocal relationship with their elevated ancestors and spirits, guides and teachers, uh, The sense of humor, like, the wicked sense of humor. I mean, it's just jokes all day. (laughs) And of course, there's serious things and traumatic things and intense things, but under it all, it's just a big joke. If you're not laughing, if you're not laughing on this path, and I'm so grateful to the teachers I've worked with who really emphasize this, do not take yourself seriously. Do not take anything overly seriously. Obviously, certain points, it's important to be serious, like read the room, but it's just such a joke. It's so funny. I laugh all the time and sometimes it's like a frustrated laugh. Sometimes it's a painful laugh. Sometimes it's like, oh my God, why are you doing this to me? But I'm always laughing at this point because you have to. Anyway, today's Mother's Day. And also, it's another day of shenanigans here in the U.S., as well as elsewhere in the world. Uh, But specifically, today I want to talk about patriarchy. Sort of. More so, industrial civilization and the collapse of industrial civilizations and how those civilizations are inherently patriarchal. Um, There have been many civilization collapses throughout human history. Many. So it's not a new thing. What happens during a, a collapse process, which is never linear, it's never a trackable, plottable, predictable, 100% thing. There are just themes that will recur and play out over and over and over again. Because humans never really learn. (laughs) We are so averse to change. Which is a totally different topic. Um, But it plays out in, in really common themes. And in an industrial civilization, any kind of hierarchical industrial culture. It is really been pretty exclusively patriarchal in nature. Uh, So here we are in the US and we're seeing factions or parts of the political, philosophical and religious landscape becoming more entrenched and more Extreme in an authoritarian patriarchal approach to solving uh, problems, solutions, and of course, you have all the other stuff going on. You know, uh, other groups, other factions, other believers fighting against that, taking their stand on their side of things. But what's very interesting is that in times of serious, powerful upheaval and collapse, which is what we're in right now, populations will seek certainty, which is normal. And again, there's nothing wrong with certainty. It's just an imbalanced thing. For, for our society. And usually, this is just sort of something that is a theme, one of the repeated themes throughout most of these, if not all of these, civilization collapses throughout human history. People will want to move towards authoritarianism and patriarchal authoritarianism. Of course, a sociologist, an anthropologist, whoever could expound on that far more complexly with way more context than I can right here and now. But people will sort of seek out extremes of certainty as things grow more tumultuous. And this is how it just turns out. This is how it's been. So, as I'm learning more about collapse, about ecological overshoot and the resulting civilizational collapse that has, again, occurred many times in human history, but is unprecedented for these times in really important ways, I won't go into that either. But as I'm learning more about it, and looking around and just becoming more aware of the patterns that show up, the cycles that show up in individuals, and as a result that show up in communities and cultures over and over again, it just becomes more and more clear. I have gotten more interested in why, what, like what are the roots of that, and are the roots of that still present in me? And yeah. Yeah. And so why? Uh, Why is it that we are so wired for these kinds of oppressive cultures, patriarchal cultures, and why we head towards that kind of uh, extreme certainty, heading towards more authoritarianism, Uh, oppression, stuff like that during times of upheaval, but specifically during times of environmental upheaval. Are are there roots for that and why? Yes, it turns out. Um, But before I go into that, into a book and some other stuff I've been reading about that, I just want to mention that this is um, something that both scholars and prophets have been talking about, writing about, and exploring for, you know, many years. I mean, if we're talking about spiritual leaders within indigenous communities, they have been warning of things like this for a very long time. Um, specifically, not just around ecological collapse because of the colonizer paradigm of use and abuse, but specifically that during collapse phases like this one, uh, things get worse for women and for just what you could call or classify the feminine in general. So during times of collapse and upheaval, things get worse for women and just non-masculine or feminine in general. And that's something that a great teacher by the name of Chief Frank Foolscrow of the Lakota Sioux talked about specifically in one of his prophecies. And he would not have um, necessarily, from what I've read about him, he would not have labeled it prophecy he, he wouldn't have labeled he really wouldn't have wanted to label things but he said that as things progress on this planet in regards to basically ecological destruction overshoot and the resulting civilization collapse uh, that the colonizer industrial civilization and its collapse, that patriarchy would worsen, that attitudes and actions towards women would would really stand out as brutal, more and more brutal. And scholars talk about the same thing. There's a book out right now by an Egyptologist who dispels some of the romantic ideas that we have around the world's, specifically she's talking about Egypt, but the world's most epic empires. We have a lot of romantic ideas that maybe aren't always rooted in reality about how things were and how people were treated in a patriarchal paradigm. Regardless of whether women are in charge or not, the, the paradigm the the structure itself being patriarchal and how if you look through history when there's upheaval and uncertainty and things really start to unravel that kind of authoritarianism patriarchal authoritarianism it doesn't go away <laughs> it just increases and it becomes even more oppressive as pressure continues to build and so these days we have a whole lot of ideology and semantics out there in the spiritual marketplace especially. The the self-help coaching transformational and spiritual marketplace talking about we need to change the paradigm and make it you know, return it to a more matriarchal or feminine paradigm, which, yeah, cool, (laughs) obviously. There's some important things there to look at. However, if we're going around believing that somehow in our lifetimes, we're just going to eradicate these deep, deep, deep roots of patriarchal oppression, That's really um, magical thinking that isn't rooted in reality. And it isn't that that it's wrong to believe a certain thing. Obviously, anyone can believe anything. It's just our beliefs inform our actions. And if you have a whole lot of people believing a certain thing that isn't always true or realistic, you have a whole lot of people taking action in opposition to what's to, to reality, to what's realistic. And so it can really out of good intentions the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. People wanting to do good and make change can very often just make things worse, especially if they haven't really closely and intensely examined their beliefs, examined why they are the way they are, why they believe what they believe. Um, if they're just consuming and digesting other people's ideas as well as other people's beliefs, as well as just what's available, what's accessible, the belief systems, just sort of continuing to consume without questioning. Why are we like this? So it can get to, to be a thing of where You have a lot of people who want to to be the change, but haven't really gone deep and haven't settled their roots within themselves really deep in important foundational awareness of what's true and what's real and where those things came from. So, as I mentioned, I've been learning a lot about why. Why are we continuing in these cycles over and over again individually, but also collectively as a culture in these patriarchal paradigms that never seem to change? It just gets repeated over and over again. And then the collapse comes and people are looking around going, oh my God, this has never happened before. This is crazy. And it's like... (laughs) History absolutely repeats itself. However, there are very important differences in what's occurring now. I know that when it comes to any kind of prophecy, any kind of even scholarly prophecy, you know, based in facts, based in history, based in science, whatever, people really like to do the logical fallacy of the boy who cried wolf when there have been centuries of people and it's like this with the with the fundy christians with the rapture christians who are saying oh jesus is coming back soon and they've been saying it for many many centuries um and then you know and someone will say (laughs) you've been saying that for 300 years whatever it hasn't happened yeah okay fundy Um, and I'm not suggesting that that they're right or accurate which is a whole other topic as well but what I'm saying is just because an alarm bell has been sounding for several centuries or decades or years and quote nothing has happened yet doesn't mean that nothing will happen like the boy who cried wolf he's out there saying over and over again the wolf is coming, it's gonna eat me as a snack, and people are like, yeah, 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 you know, we listened to you the first few times, we were like, oh my god, what can we do, but now we're just like, yeah, whatever, and then, you know, it happens, and everyone has been sitting around going, that's not, that's not gonna happen, this, this kid is full of it, and then it actually happens, um, point being, (laughs) that we have, authentic and genuine spiritual leaders especially in indigenous communities who have been very clearly saying what is true and what is real and what are the consequences of our collective actions for many centuries and just because we haven't looked at catastrophic death in the face personally yet doesn't mean that it's not coming or it can't come. So that's like a whole other point I just made. But coming back to my main point, which is that I have been learning about why. Why do civilizations continue to follow the same path over and over and over again and then they reach a point of collapse and overshoot and then they fall into ruin and then the cycle starts up again. Why does that keep happening? But especially what is it about life on earth that has made individuals stay so stuck in their beliefs, in what they believe in, how they believe, and therefore, like I said, their beliefs inform their actions. What they believe is then what they take action with. Why is that? Especially from a spiritual perspective, which really isn't a separate thing at all. What we believe philosophically and spiritually is the foundation for, it's the root of really everything that exists on this planet, culturally, societally, industrially. It has its roots in a spirituality or, or a philosophy belief, belief system. So we're individuals, we've got these beliefs. Where did that come from and why does it keep repeating? And so I was reading a book called a green history of religion and it's actually just a phd dissertation in book form basically by a scholar who was exploring where did these beliefs come from that not just christian beliefs or abrahamic patriarchal beliefs but any belief system that has contributed to and continues the cycle of ecological destruction, overshoot and collapse, this ongoing, endless war between humans and nature. What's the root of that? Spiritually, religiously, philosophically. And in this book, it is, it's a heavy dissertation. I, it's not a cute, fun read, <laughs> Uh, So I'm like, like I can read, you know, several pages, but it's so dense. But basically, this is what I have gleaned from it. There are general phases in human history, chunks of time of thousands of years of human development, human societal development. So you're looking at this huge chunk of time where humans were in an age called what scholars call the primitive age. I don't like that word, of course. I would just say indigenous or um, truly earth-sustaining, earth-faithful, life-faithful. We still very much have those cultures with us today, indigenous indigenous lifeways, indigenous wisdom, ways of being and living and relating. Then after that age, things kind of morphed a bit, but still had their roots. They still had their roots in that, but they morphed a bit into what they call the Archaic Age. Uh, That's where there was a little more structure, hierarchy, temples, and as a result, governments, I guess. But they were still rooted in that Indigenous Age which its whole paradigm was life, nature. So they were pro human bodies. They were pro organic bodies. It was, you know, this is life. We're alive. These are our bodies. So let's, you know, take care of all of life because we're all completely connected they were pro-feminine, they were pro-women. A lot of the spiritual understandings, wisdom, and ways of being were rooted in reverence and also just direct relationship with, I guess you could call, they weren't calling it this, I, I don't think, I, I'm not a scholar and and I don't have all the details, but they weren't like Earth Mother, Gaia, that wasn't the thing. <laughs> um, but it was uh, a direct relationship with, with earth and life as mother. And they weren't anti-nature. They weren't extractive. It was about being sustainable and faithful to all the communities of life. In the Archaic Age, that was still there. That was still very much the paradigm, but it started becoming more structured more hierarchical. And that's where we would get some of the spiritual beliefs or spiritual ways of living that we, that sort of pop up that, that show in our current spiritual marketplace. They're there, but then the age that followed the archaic age, they sort of like bleed into each other. So there's not like clear delineation, but The following age is is the Axial Age and the Axial Age was where many of our current beliefs and therefore our cultural paradigms and ways of living and being and relating came from. And so this book is exploring what was going on in the Axial Age to have such a powerful impactful deviation from pro-women, pro-feminine, pro-nature, pro-life, pro-human body, pro-life on earth to the axial age which was very much about anti (laughs) all that like we hate women we don't nature is our enemy we must now conquer it we don't want to be on earth. We want to store up our riches and, and benefits and rewards in, in, in a life after we leave our bodies. What was going on that, that caused that kind of transformation? And this book was exploring, well, look at the greater context, which is something we really don't do a lot of we are so linear in our thinking so analytical in our thinking that we don't take into account the greater context of life what was going on in nature what was going on in the environment that could have possibly sparked this kind of dramatic shift and what has continued to go on to encourage this anti-women earth nature feminine human life, human bodies, belief paradigm that that we're still in, very much so. And there was, it seems, some kind of unprecedented environmental upheaval around the time when these beliefs really started to emerge. And what's interesting, in the Axial Age, they were all cropping up around the same time around the globe. So these weren't necessarily cultures that had a lot of interaction with each other. They were coming up with this stuff in a in a fairly isolated way as a response or a reaction to what was going on in the environment. Possibly. This is what it's, it's exploring. And it it seems it seems like a really solid, legitimate jumping-off point. If nature starts to turn on you in some way and and undergo a natural upheaval like like the ice age shenanigans this is kind of like where it was focused localized what was going on with ice age stuff but also but it like it spanned thousands of years this the axial age um why are people in that age shifting so fundamentally, who they are, to become at war with nature, at war with mother, and to just become more extractive, more destructive, more controlling, more patriarchal. <laughs> I don't necessarily like using catchphrases like that, trendy words like that, because they don't encompass important nuance and context. but. Here I am anyway. We are still very much immersed and based in axial age beliefs and ways of being, ways of doing, and ways of relating. And it is still very much, as much as people repackage and resell, their beliefs and their solutions and their ideas as paradigm shifting and paradigm changing. As much as that goes on, it's still rooted in the Axial Age shift of not really being the humans that were at the foundation of... Human history, human life, which was that more indigenous age. I hope this is making sense. This is kind of going on a long time. And I really don't know who would listen to this at this point because there is absolutely nothing sexy about this. I haven't clarified. I haven't structured any of it and it's not giving a solution on how you can win at life, be wealthy, be successful, and get some good dick. (laughs) But I am gonna stick with it because this is the path that is aligned for me. Like I said at the beginning, it doesn't look how I thought it would. It doesn't look how I wanted it to, however, My bones and my blood sing me a song every day. It is a quiet song. It's quiet. It has taken a very long time to actually hear it. A process of uncovering and releasing the layers to actually hear the song that my blood and my bones sing to me every day. And it is a deep knowing. It is a deep knowing of not a goal or a destination, but of purpose. However that purpose plays out and unfolds, the details of it, the expectations, attachments, assumptions that we all have, that I have as well, all that stuff can get thrown out the window in the blink of an eye. But the deep song of my being is one of purpose and belonging and it is a guiding light. It is a north star and it is there. Anyway, I'm going to wrap up by saying that the, the way out of an axial age, religious, spiritual, philosophical belief paradigm the way out of it, the only way out of it. And this is true thousands of years ago when all these shenanigans were occurring. And it's true today. The only way to free yourself as an individual from belief paradigms and ways of being that are actually not different or new at all, but stay stuck in the cycles and patterns Of use and abuse and destruction of the planet and each other is through mysticism and I'm not talking about being mystical (laughs) that's not what mysticism is it's not about crystals and herbs it's not about being woo woo mysticism just and only means that it is someone who has a direct relationship and therefore direct knowledge of and a direct experience of spirit. And spirit is life. So it's someone who has a direct experience and therefore a direct knowledge of life. That is a mystic. And so they don't go by dogmatism, other people's rules other people's ideas they can help inform but that is not the basis of it rules dogmatism fundamentalism belief systems that belong to other people places and things can help inform but that's not what it's based on a a mystic a mystic's life is just a direct their own direct experience reciprocal giving and receiving directly with life with life here on planet earth so that is that is the only way to escape and let go of and be free from a paradigm that that really just keeps people stuck and looping around in cycles of destruction all the while believing that they are not stuck anymore it's mysticism Okay, that's it. I am feeling skinny today, so I think I'm gonna eat some ice cream. Happy Mother's Day. Bye.